The best gifts are not material, but spiritual, not temporal, but eternal, and not earthly, but heavenly. In the book of Ephesians, we discover a rich list of what God has given to His children. Let's join Scott Pauley now as we open this portion of Scripture and take inventory of all spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ. Have you ever stopped to consider what a gift the local New Testament church is? How wise our God is and how loving and kind, how thoughtful He is that He would create a means by which we could all grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ individually and collectively. Uh, we could grow together, and His kingdom and His purpose in this world would be growing at the same time. Uh, we are in our list of all spiritual blessings, and we've come today in Ephesians chapter 4 uh, to verse number 7 down through verse number 16. And what do we add to our list of all spiritual blessings? Well, we must add to our list Christ and his church. Now, certainly Christ is the greatest gift of all. Let's just use the, the words of Paul in another scripture, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. The greatest gift we have is Christ. But when you get Christ, you come into a relationship not only with Christ, but then with all the other members of the family of God. Why did Christ come? He came to build his church. He came to die, and he died for the church. He loved the church so much he gave himself for it. Sounds like it's pretty priceless, like it ought to be precious to us. And so let's take these verses today and uh, just make a few notes about some of the spiritual blessings we have in Christ and in the church. In verse 7, this is where we left off the other day, it says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So first of all, we have grace. That's a good starting place, I'd say, wouldn't you? Uh, we don't start with externals. We begin with internals, not with material, but with spiritual. We have the grace of God given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad for grace and that you'd never exhaust the grace of God? God's grace is as real and resourceful at this moment as it was on the day you first came to know Christ. So we have grace. Then in verse 8 it says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. We could take a long time to study the verses I've just read to you, but let's simply observe this. We have an ascended Christ. You know, I think we do not make enough of the ascension of Jesus. We speak of his death, burial, and resurrection, but aren't you glad he ascended? Look, his ascension gave us access. His ascension gave us uh, an inside man in the throne room of heaven because at this moment he's seated at the right hand of the heavenly Father. Oh, yes, he went through the gates of glory, the psalmist said. Those gates swung wide open. And when Jesus went through the gates, he left them open behind him. So we have the ascension of Christ and all of the resources connected to that. Then in verse number 11, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We not only have grace, we not only have an ascended Savior, but now we have his gifts 
in certain individuals that are placed in the local New Testament church. He lists them. He gave the early apostles. Those were the ones who were witnesses of the resurrection. Uh, he gave early prophets who foretold of future events. In fact, we, we discovered in another place that the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Aren't you glad uh, that we are studying today out of the Word of God uh, where God spoke through apostles and prophets? And then, not only the early apostles and prophets, but the Bible says evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So today, God has evangelists, people who are giving themselves to the work of the gospel, advancing the cause of Christ uh, in every place around the world. And then you have pastors and teachers who are equipped and responsible to help build up the saints, uh, to, to teach and to mature and to grow, and all of them working together for this purpose the saints would be perfected so they could do the work of the ministry so the body could be edified. What a, what a miraculous plan. This is not some uh, strategic plan that some corporation grew up. Uh, this is not some, uh, some idea that some man came up with. No, this was the divine plan from the beginning for Christ and for his church. And then we have spiritual goals. I think one of the great things that God has given us, one of the greatest spiritual blessings is that God gives us spiritual goals uh, goals that he sets for us. What are they? Beginning in verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith. Remember us talking about divine unity in our last study? And of the knowledge of the Son of Man, unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Here are some spiritual goals. Unity in the faith, knowing Christ better, becoming a mature believer, and then looking more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, these are spiritual goals, Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 13, that every one of us ought to take for ourselves. God's not vague. He's specific. He's getting down to business. This is what he wants for me and you. This is what he wants in the church. And then we come to verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Don't you love this? God not only tells you he wants you to grow up and mature, he tells you how. And the answer is through the truth. The truth. We're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We're not blown off course by every teacher that comes along and says something. No, we have the eternal, settled truth of the Word of God. Aren't you glad you have the Scriptures? that we have a divine authority, an absolute authority, and that we, we have something we can go back to every time there's a question and say, what does God say about this? Friend, that is a spiritual blessing. And then verse 16, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. I'll tell you one of the spiritual blessings of Christ in the church, are the other members of the body. Uh, that it is not just me, and it's not just you, but it's all these other believers who've come to faith in Christ, who are themselves growing in the faith, and what each of us contribute to one another. You see, we all need the Lord, but God's also made it, so we need one another. Uh, we are dependent on Christ, and we are interdependent. Uh, we, we like to think, you know, well, I'm an individual. I'm, I'm, I'm independent. No, no, my friend. Uh, you need others, and they need you. This is a one-another life. 
This is what a local New Testament church looks like. And I think right now, in, in a world that has lost its way, in a world that has gone mad because of the insanity of sin, uh, we need to come back to the beauty and the power and the stability that is found in Christ and in the church. By the way, to say you love Christ but you don't love the church reveals that you truly don't love Christ. How on earth can you love the head and not love the body? No, my friend, if you love Jesus, you'll love the church, which he died to build. And if you say that you really love the church, then you should desire by God's grace to find Christ's design for you and God's place for you in your local assembly. Don't take for granted what you have through Christ in his church. I think sometimes we take so many of these things for granted until they're gone and we don't have them. Would you rejoice today in this and, yes, in all spiritual blessings? Isn't it amazing what God has made available for His people? Our sincere prayer is that you will discover all that God has for you and be led to true thanksgiving, worship, and praise. Join us again next time as we continue our study of the Word of God. Until then, thank you for listening. We would love to hear how God is at work in your heart and home. Visit us today at enjoyingthejourney.org.